Prioritizing values, my ben kohen le kohenet. So the last few days, particularly yesterday, we've been talking about not only the the quantitative dimension of an action, what the action looks like, what the action is constituted of, but also the qualitative dimension of the action. What what is the inner force that's driving the person? Uh, what it, what is the value that underpins the particular action that a person is is carrying out? Uh, and how important that is. And, we've said, and we said yesterday that life without action is not life. A Yiddishkeit without mitzvahs is not, an, an halacha is not, is not Yiddishkeit. You, we need the actions. But an action alone is a body without a soul. And the, uh, the quality of the action, the, the values that underpin the, value, the, the, the action uh, are what give the action its, its soul and its, its meaning. Sometimes it happens that an action is underpinned by a positive value. Somebody has a belief that, that drives their action, uh, and normally it's a good belief. It's not a bad belief. It's just inappropriate. Uh, so, so you can have, uh, take, for example, um, uh, Muslim fundamentalist terrorists. They're driven by a belief. They're driven by a value. It's not just murder for the sake of murder. They actually believe they're doing the right thing. It's just not the, not the right value. There, are, there is a time for mysterious nefesh. There is even a time to kill other people. We've also got such mitzvahs in the Torah, but it's out of place. It's the wrong value in the wrong time. <laughs> so it's not just a matter of looking at what is the value that informs my action, but is it the appropriate value? Is it the right value? And that becomes particularly complicated when we're trading values off, when values conflict with one another, which happens all the time. Uh, a person can, can believe in the value of honesty and in the value of kindness, but there are times when to be honest, you can't be kind. And, and to be kind, you're not going to be honest. So what do you do? And people distinguish themselves by the way they prioritize their values. Some people will say, I, I'm not compromising kindness. I'm, there's, there's no way I can tell them as it is if that's going to hurt them. And another person is going to say, well, how can you be dishonest? If that's what honesty requires, you've got to be straightforward with the person. They've got to know. Uh, and those will be two different people who both believe in the values of kindness and honesty, but they prioritize them differently. The Torah also prioritizes value, values and, and mitzvahs because they're very many times when they conflict with one another. And how the Torah, just as with an individual, how an individual chooses to prioritize their values when they conflict with each other tells us much more about the individual's moral philosophy their, their worldview than just knowing what values they have. If you say this person believes in kindness and honesty, this person believes in kindness and honesty, but they're two very different people in the way they prioritize those values. So it is with, um, it, it's the same with businesses and with the values of a business. A business might have all sorts of good values. How do you prioritize them when they're in conflict with one another? When the value of growth conflicts with the value of, uh, of, of, of kindness or of uh, customer well-being, uh, how do you prioritize them? Businesses define themselves by how they prioritize their values, not by what their values are. And we very seldom pay attention to that, to how do we prioritize values, because that tells you about your character more than what your values are. And the Torah also prioritizes values because they come into conflict with one another. And we had a good example of this in this week's parsha in Shmini, where we have a, a, a situation where Moshe says to Aaron, why aren't you eating the korban chatos? You're, there's a void space, I make this, I make this, you're a kern, you have to eat the chathas. Aaron says, I'm, a, I'm an ovel, my two sons have just died. So we have a conflict now between Dine Avelus and Dine Avoido. 
the, the Kedusha of the Kohen and the Avoidah of the Kohen on the one hand and the, and the Dinim Avelis on the other hand, which, which is prioritized. Moshe starts off prioritizing the Avoidah. And Aaron says, that's not correct. And then Moshe accepts it and says, Moshe, Moshe accepts the Chidush of Aaron, who is Mechadish, the Chiyuv Avelus Midoraisa, as the Rambam holds. Um, and the, 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 counter, the counter value we only get to in Parshas Emor, where the Torah says, Emor la Kohanim Aaron, the Nefesh lo Yitama a coin can't be metame. For, for, uh, for his relatives, only a close relative, the close relative, he can be metame. So, so now you've got these two values. I, I've got to keep my Tara as a Kohen, and there's a mitzvah of Avelus. And now we see from Aram, mitzvah Avelus is a Daraisa. Uh, and so is, so is Tara a Kohen. The Kohen keeping his Tara, his purity, is also mitzvah Daraisa. Which do I prioritize? So if I'm a Kohen, and, and, and God forbid, I've lost my father, and I don't have to be right there. There are other relatives, and there's a Hebrew Kedisha, I can stand outside the oil, they bury him on the side of the plot, I don't need to come close to a dead body, I can keep my Tyro, even though it's my father. Is that the right thing to do, to say, there's no reason for me to be Metame? My father is being taken care of. Or, should, or, or is there a mitzvah in being Metame? So the Rambam says in, in Perik Aleph Aleph Mitzvah Aseli Tabel Ala Krovim. It's a mitzvah Ase Avelus. He explains that Avelus on the first day is a mitzvah Ase Midoraisa. It's a positive Torah requirement to have Avelus to go into mourning for a close relative on the first day. Moshe Rabbeinu was masakin seven days of Avelus uh, and seven days of Simcha for, for marriage. Uh, but the Torah itself requires one day, one day of Avelus. Not everybody agrees with that. The Smag, we've talked about the Sefer Mitzvah Kedoshis before, of Moshe Mikotzi, who about 100 years after Rambam also writes a Sefer HaMitzvah, but unlike the Rambam, he gives sources for everything he says, which was one of the objections to the Rambam. And you remember he was the one who had the dream that was told he has to write a Sefer HaMitzvah, Mitzvah Saseh, Mitzvah Slota, say that was from Moshe Mikotzi. He holds that it's not a Doraisa. That Avelis, even on the first day, is not a Doraisa. Let's, let's stick with the Rambam. Uh, in in Perik Beis, the Rambam lists which are the, which are the relatives that is a Chi of Doraisa to mourn for and which are Dirabonin. And then a, a, a beautiful uh, halach of the Rambam in Perik Beis, halach of which we'll focus on. Says the Rambam, look how serious the positive mitzvah, the mitzvah Doraisa of Avelis on the first day is. Because the Torah is willing to prioritize Avelus over Tairas HaKohen. As important as it is for a Kohen to keep his purity, in this case the Torah says, rather, rather, not only be mitasek with your, your dead relative, not only take care of the burial, that's made mitzvah and all sorts of things which we discussed in, in, in Masech Tanozit, but even if he's taken care of, it doesn't, there's nothing for you to do. It's just a matter of, are you close or not? There's a mitzvah to be mitzvah, no? You go to the funeral and you stand in the ohel, even though you're a kohen. That's how serious our Vedas is. The Torah is teaching us, says the Rambam. This is an amazing Rambam. He seldom does this. The Torah is teaching us prioritization of values. That is important as, as the kuna is, our Vedas comes first. Shnei Marani brings, brings the rise. By Medvarim Mamurim Bizcharim Shuzaru Alatuma, the Rambam comes with a huge chiddush. This is by male Kohanim. 
אבל הכהנות, הואיל ואינן מוזרות על הטומאה, אבל הכהנות, ו-women כהנות, since they don't have, there's no issue for them to be מטאמה. A woman כהנת is allowed to come close to a dead body. כן אינן מצוות להתאמה לקרובים, so they have no מצווה to go to the funeral of their close relatives. It's only a, a Kohen, a male Kohen has to go to the funeral of his close relatives. A female is not Mekhoyevich. She's allowed to, but she's not Mekhoyevich. She's allowed to go to any funeral. And since she's allowed to go to any funeral, there's no special mitzvah that she's got to go to a funeral of a close relative. The Ravid says it's against, that, that din of the Rambam is against a b'risa in, that we have. Where the, and he brings a raya. From there we see a married woman, for example, has to be metameh for her husband, even though she's a kohenet. So why, there we see there's a chiyuv tumah. Where does the Rambam get this from, that a woman, kohenet, is not chayevet, is not obligated to go to the funeral of a close relative? And this objection of the raivet is so strong that uncharacteristically the b'shulchan oruch paskans like the raivet against the Rambam. Because where, the Rambam, where does the Rambam get this from? Says the Kesef Mishnah, is the Mechaber of the Shulchan Aruch. Says the Kesef Mishnah, there's a Ramban that also asks that question and suggests possibly, possibly, um, anybody who is told you can't go to funerals because you're a Kohen is in the mitzvah of, but your close relative, you must go to a funeral. But if you're not included in lo yitamah, if you're not included in the exclusion, you're not included in the obligation. Maybe that's what the Rambam holds, says the Ramban. And then he brings another possibility. It says, b'nai Aaron and so on. So if, if the Ramban answers it in the case of Mishnah brings it, why does the Shulchan Aruch Paskin against the Rambam? Because harosh katav, shelo nityashvulo tivrei Rambam. That even with this Ramban, says the Rosh, I still... don't understand the Rambam, and the Ravid is right. If you're going to come up with this chidush, this new idea that women, kohanot, are not obligated to go to their close relatives' funeral, they, they may, but they're not obligated to, you need a proof for that. You can't just come with an idea, no matter how brilliant it is, you can't come with an idea that it's somehow you can't link to a reliable source. not authentic Torah. We have this problem today. Everybody's got an opinion and got an idea and got a word and it's fine, it's lovely. But unless you can find a, a hook for it in a reliable source in, in, in Mishnah or Medrash or Gemara, Rishonim, uh, then it's meaningless. Then it's your own opinion. It's got nothing to do with the Torah. And so here, the, the Rambam saying something very interesting according to the Ramban, but where does he get it from, says the Ravid. And on the contrary, there seem to be Gemara's against it, says the Ravid. Says the Rosh, he's right. Where does the Rambam get this from? There's an amazing Maratz Chayas on this Mishnah that we have on Chav Gimel Amadal of our Mishnah. The Maratz Chayas, first half of the 19th century, very controversial because he... He uses the, the academic maskilim. So at that time, there were the maskilim. There were people who were various degrees of religious adherence, various de- de- degrees of, of, of frumkeit, um, but they studied the academics and, they, and, and uh, they went to university and they studied texts and they compared texts and, and they used that in their understanding of the Torah. 
And the, the Frum world was very opposed to getting that because it was adulterating the, the methodology of the Torah. The Marath Chayas was one of the, the several like him, we've had some of them, who were able to bridge the world of academics and the world of Torah. He himself got a PhD when the Austrian government required that Rabonim have to have secular degrees. He went, it took him a few, few weeks and he got his PhD. Um, so so he, he, he understood and he uses scholastic um, sources. So, so, for example, the Hasidic world was very anti the Maritz Chayas at that time. But today it's at the back of every Gemara. In, the, in this particular Gemara, the Yalkut Meforshim at the back, there's this Maritz Chayas on this, on, on this Mishnah. The Maritz Chayas says, our Mishnah states, among other things, Ma ben Kohen le Kohenet. What is the difference between a Kohen and a Kohenet? And the Mishnah then lists a whole lot of differences. Um, the mincha of a kohenet is eaten, the mincha of a kohen is not eaten. A kohen can be mischalelet, and a kohen cannot be mischalelet. It goes on. Ask the Maratz Chayis, why, do, if, according to the Rambam, there's another difference between a kohen and a kohenet. What's that? A kohen is not, has, has to go to his close relative's funeral, and a kohenet does not have to shimei, there's no chiv. Why doesn't the Mishnah list that as one of the reasons? Answers the Maritz Chayas because of the, the proof of the Ramban brought in the Kesef Mishnah. Because the Rambam holds that there's a linkage between Tumat Krovim Talia Bahadadi with Kedushat Kohen. The Kedusha of a Kohen, which prohibits him from going to funerals and being Metameh mate, and the requirement to grow to a funeral of a close relative, those two laws are linked. And since the Mishnah already tells us that she's allowed to go, that, the Kivan Dikva Mashmiaton Amishnah Kohanot Metamot Lemetim. Since the Mishnah does tell us that female Kohanot are allowed to go to, to be Metamemet, they can go to any funeral. Shuv Nichlal Bezegamkin, then in Metsuvit Letumat Kroibim. Based on the Rambam, there's no need to tell me again that she doesn't have to go to Tumas Kroibim. So using this Maritchayis, we can answer the Ramban. Says the Ram, says, answer the Rosh. Says the Rosh, but where does the Rambam get it from? Says the Rai, but where does the Rambam get it from? If you understand the Mishnah of the Maritchayis, he gets it from this very Mishnah. Because if a woman was allowed to, the fact that the, the Mishnah doesn't tell us that a woman can go to a funeral of a close relative, that, that, that a woman is not mukhtiyeveh to go to a close relative, the fact that it's not included in the differences between a male and a female kohen, teaches us that they're all part of one halacha, and that kudushat kohen v'tumat kruvim talia bahadadi. That's the Rambam's proof. From the very exclusion of this distinction between kohen and kohenet, the Rambam proves exactly, that's the source that the Rambam is looking for, that the Rosh is looking for, for the Rambam. An amazing understanding of the, of the Mishnah, which helps us out with the Rambam. And this linkage we see in the Sefer HaMitzvahs of the Rambam as well, which the Maritz Chayetz quotes. And the Rambam at the end of the piece in the Sefer HaMitzvahs writes, Why does a Kohen have to go to the, to the funeral of his close relative? Says the Rambam, to teach us the importance of Avelis. So the Torah smashes the, the protection of the Kohen from Tumah and says, in this case, you go out and be Betame. To teach us, this is educational. It's to teach us how to prioritize the values. 
that the, the need to be there for your close relative's funeral is more important than your Kedushas Kayan. Don't hang on to your sanctity and use that as an excuse not to engage in life and in common decency. You've got to be at your, at your close relative's funeral. I, can, I can't be Matama. No, you have to. And what happens if the Kohen says, but I don't need to. There are other people to take care of it. And the way the cemetery is set up, I don't need to be Matama. It says the Rambam based on the Gomorrah. We are Matama you. We come and we push you in. Because the Torah says you've got to. For a woman, that isn't there. Since a woman is allowed to be metame in any event, there's no special lesson in her being metame for a close relative. And this is about a special lesson. lesson. This din in Tumas Koyen is to strengthen the laws of Avelus, says, says the Rambam. And this ties into, to, for example, we, we had uh, on Daf Chafalaf Amur Beis, where the Gemara Rabbi Yeshua saying, what's a chosid shoite? A chosid shoite is a frum idiot. What is the case of, of a frum idiot, the Gemara asks? A man sees a woman drowning in the river, and he says, I'm not allowed to look. She's, let's say, her clothes have come off. She might be naked or semi-naked. He says, I would like to save her, but I'm not allowed to look. Clinging to his sanctity and avoiding decency. That's a chosid shoite. So you'll say, but is the action driven by good value? Yes. Does that make him a tzaddik? No, it makes him a chosid, but a chosid shoite. It's not, it's not admired. It's a good value, but it's in the wrong place. This is not the time to hold on to your kedusha. And that we learn from this, from this din of the Rambam. There are times when a kohen should not hold on to his kedusha. Because at that time, what you need to be doing is work, is being present for your father or your mother or your brother or your sister, not hanging on to your kedusha. What you need to be doing at this time, tzaddik, is saving the woman, not worrying about whether you can see her or not and whether you should see her or not. That's not the issue. The issue is save the life because that's more important in this particular case. And we have another example of that back in Gomorrah Yuma. You might remember on Davkaf Gimel in Gomorrah Yuma where they used to allow the Kohanim to race up the, the ramp of the, of the Mizbeach in order to, the first one who gets there gets the right to, to do the Avoida. And there was a case where one cut the other off and the one who was cut off took out a knife and, and stabbed the, the Kohen that got in in front of road rage. There was road rage on the ramp of the, of the, Besami, of the Mizbeach, which landed up in a death. What the piece that we often don't quote is the piece on the next Omud where the Gomorrah says, what was driving this? Was it because murder is not so important to them? So they've downgraded murder? Because what then happens, the father comes while the, his son is still kind of gasping for his last breaths, but he hasn't died yet. And the father pulls out the knife and says, ah, the knife hasn't become tame. The dagger hasn't become tame. In the Beis Hamikdash, we don't have a tame piece of metal. Look, I've saved Tumor from the Beis Hamikdash. I'm such a frum person. I'm such a great coin. So says the Gemara, is that because murder is unimportant or because the Kedusha of Beis Hamikdash and the Taras HaKelim is so important to them? And in that piece of Reb Chaim that I told you, we quotes Reb Shimon Shkop, how often you can have two actions and they look identical, but they're driven by different values. And you have to know what the inner one is. is look, the Gemara is not even sure if this is an act of tzitkus or an act of rishus. The act is the same. A man comes and pulls the spear out of his dying son's body. Is that tzitkus? Because he says, yes, although murder is terribly important, but there shouldn't be too much kelim. Or is this, he's just, he doesn't care about murder. What he cares about is his own mind. Your son's dying. All you're worried about is Tumas Kalim. Is this a criticism of him or is this an admiration of him? 
And the Gemara concludes it's a criticism, but says Reb Chaim Shmulevitz, using Reb Shimon Shkop's principle, you see, even the Gemara is not sure. You see somebody do something and you don't know because you can't see their hearts. You don't know how they're prioritizing their values and how they came to the conclusion to do what it is, what it is that they're doing. It's the same, same with the Kohen. You see this Kohen standing on the side. It's his father or his brother's funeral and the Kohen standing on the side. And you say, come inside, you're a Kohen, but you're allowed to be Mitzami. He says, I'm allowed to, but there's no need to. There is a need to. In this case, you've got to prioritize Avelus over Tyro. That's your job. That's what you have to do. And you need to teach the importance of Avelus by walking into that oil and standing next to your father's coffin. That's what you need to do as a Kohen. It's not that you may do, you need to do. What about a woman? Does she need to? No, she doesn't need to. She may do because she's not teaching anything by doing it because she can go to anybody's funeral. But for the Kohen who doesn't go to anybody's funeral, to do it where he has a chiyu of Avelus, that teaches the importance of Avelus. And so we see that the way we prioritize values becomes very important. And we spoke in the shir two days ago about how to learn and, and why it's important to understand Gemara, not just Halacha and Mishnah. Because it's in Gemara you learn how to prioritize. It's all very well. You know all the halachas. There's a halacha of Tumas Koyin and there's a halacha of Avelus. What do you do when they conflict with one another? How do you prioritize? There's shvichus domim. There's, there's questions of murder and there's questions of um, of of, of, of kedushas beis How do you prioritize? There's questions of shabbos and there's questions of pikuach nefesh. A person's ill, may you or may you not? There's questions of nido or arayas, where you're not allowed to touch a woman, but she's in need. She's emotionally or physically in need. Are you allowed to or are you not? For that, you need the longest. For that, you need to be able to learn. And that's what the, the importance of life as a Jew is, not just what our values are and how we keep the mitzvahs, but how do we conduct ourselves when values or halachot contradict with each other? What is our process of prioritizing? That's true understanding of halachot. 